0: Hey everyone,
1: welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. Joined as always, Jude Seymour, Brad Wechter, fellas. How you doing tonight?
2: The triforce is in force.
1: I know this is this is great. I I miss the 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 post loss party.
3: <laughs> we managed uh, quite admirably. Bobby was a was a, a fun fill in. So yeah, um... I like how
1: you brought up sensitive subjects that you know I would fucking scream at you about, and you got no screams. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Jude must have felt proud of himself tonight. No yelling.
3: I was not, I, was not uh, I did not have to talk to my therapist about my Brad and Bobby session.
1: Like, 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 <laughs> like, bring it up, like, bring it up about the thing about Michigan. No, burn, burn, burn. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm yelling, I'm yelling at my own podcast. I, you
3: know, I like, was very nice to Bobby when he said what he said. So, I, you know, not, 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 everything, not everything you gotta, not every hill you gotta die on. And, and this comes from a guy who dies on a lot of weird hills.
1: Oh, I don't know, man. I'm, I think that's what I'm saying. Set to earth for.
3: I mean, I I don't know if you heard, but I once defended Dud Gottlieb on the internet, so I'm not the smartest man. Whoa.
1: (laughs) Well, you know.
3: (laughs) Moving right along.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thinking of moving right along. Like, look, we cannot bask in that. I don't even know what to say. You want to say, like, you know, you're suffering of defeat. But really, we've been basking in the glory of our defeat. Uh, it feels like, you know, for a few days. Uh, Notre Dame's been getting a lot of high praise for, for losing. Um, and it, 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 it was kind of, I don't know if you want to say funny, but it has been a little strange because you kind of saw, you kind of knew that it was going to happen, that like the national media narrative on a close loss, everyone was going to come back around on Notre Dame a little bit. And and basically, in my, in my mind, it's to, sell, it's to sell the story of, do they belong in the playoff or not? You know what I mean? Like, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of the FU to us in a way to to give them the credit. I mean, because right now, I mean, honestly, if if things play out just the way that they, well, probably it's, you know, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Bama. I mean, in the straight line world we have. But, you know, now they're bringing Notre Dame back in the conversation. It's like, are y'all really, you ready to, you really want to do this? So, I mean, I don't know. So, you know, all that, and now we're moving on uh, to ACC opponent,
3: Virginia. 18 ACC opponent, Virginia.
1: Yeah, ranked 18. We don't get too many ranked ACC opponents in Notre Dame Stadium.
0: Ah.
1: Not too many. Like fucking ever. (laughs) Like that ACC agreement is just, woo! You know... Let me ask you this. I, I I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to the podcast I, I, that I did with uh, with Caroline, but she made she made something that I thought was kind of interesting when she I asked her how she felt about the Notre Dame uh, ACC deal, and she was like you know kind of all right with it, but she said she's definitely you know team join ACC, and you know she she had laid it out as she wanted Virginia to have like a full time. Rival Now you may think that you know Virginia Techs their full-time rival, but really in other sports, like football might be it, but I mean, all the other sports that encompass um, Virginia, you know that that really wasn't the case. It was Maryland that was like their full-on uh, you know rival, and then Maryland bounces to the big to the big ten. Uh, she also expressed some anger about Virginia not having a fencing team, uh, which we thought was kind of weird, considering you know how fancy ass Virginia. Is that they wouldn't have a uh, a fencing team? So,
3: because our founding fathers like to uh, settle things with uh, swords <laughs> and guns, right?
1: I yeah, I, it just you got a you got a guy on a horse with a saber, and uh, you don't have fencing. That's that seems a little weird. Well, why don't they invite
2: UMBC to the ACC
1: then? <laughs> I did not bring that up. I'll, I'll say it.
3: it. <laughs> well, she probably just let you back down with. They just won a national championship, right? So
1: yeah, and they will. They will remind you. Like we, on the like, I don't know. It's like two or three times a week now, instead of like the daily uh, site manager email. Uh, somebody from that Virginia site will remind everybody with a gif or a picture of the basketball. I mean, they are pretty. They know how to celebrate a title.
3: I'll give them that. <laughs> Like, they will
1: stretch that damn thing
3: out. So, What's the reason was was the reason she said Virginia Tech wasn't really a rival because Virginia Tech hasn't hasn't lost to Virginia in football since 2003. Is that maybe the why they're not rivals anymore? Cuz it's so one sided.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know, It could be. But I mean, I I saw her point. you know, with, with I, think the full, I think Duke the full, is a natural university
3: rival, right? What's that? Duke is a natural basketball rival. I mean, I I don't know if that could speak to any Well, I guess men's lacrosse. Duke is very good at men's lacrosse. Women's lacrosse, same exact deal. I, mean, I
1: just don't think Duke's any fun. I think Notre Dame is a fun. It's a, I mean, number one, it's, it, you know, it's a probably a better fan base than Duke all the way around. Um, you know, there's just more to it. I mean, Duke, you get whatever. Fuck Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Duke. Not yet. Damn it. Ah, <sighs> All right. So Notre Dame only dropped to number 10. And, you know, there was a players only meeting after the Georgia game. And, and it, none of this seems like it's the way. I mean, I mean
3: who leads that players only meeting? Is that like, that? A, who leads a players only meeting? Is that like an Alohi Gilman, captain's. Jalen Elliott sort of thing?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's a captain's thing. So I, but, but I think, you know, Kareem was a ringleader on that, it seemed like. Um, so, I mean, but it it speaks against, like, this whole narrative we had in the preseason, right? Like, Virginia was a trap game. You ask 100 people, you know, what's the trap game going to be this year? 98% of them would, were going to say in Virginia. And that totally doesn't seem like the case now, right? Like, there's no way this is a trap game.
3: I don't think you could be the 18th ranked team 4-0 O. Uh, and be who you are and come in and say that's a trap game. I just, a trap game is like, right. I guess,
1: I mean, this whole game takes on a whole different light, right? Four and Virginia ranked in the top 25 and Brian Kelly immediately. I mean, right after the, the Georgia loss spoke about the game that defines the season is the next one, which is Virginia, which is, so (laughs) that, so you can throw trap right out the window, you know, which I mean, I think a lot of hip hop purists would like to do anyways, but that's a joke for other people, Jude. I no, I got
2: that. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, so I mean, this, this game takes out a whole different light and a whole different feeling as far as I'm concerned.
3: I mean, I, I think that look, nobody wants to be two and two after this game. Right. And so two and two is a much different scenario than, than three and three one, one. Um, you know, with, with uh, I don't want to say easy games ahead of you, but more manageable games ahead of you. Certainly, Bowling uh, Green is pretty manageable. Um, mm-hmm. USC—I I don't even understand what USC is right now. So, um, I'm—I I isolate between not at all worried to slightly worried, but I'm not nearly think—I'm not fretting it, you know. So, because I, I, they're down to the third quarterback, they might be back to their second quarterback by the time that comes back around, but. Um,
1: I mean, are you more worried about Virginia or a possible turnaround in Ann Arbor? Like what if Dylan McCaffrey becomes uh, suddenly becomes a starter in Michigan? Are you more worried?
3: Did well, I they guess put in their I, better it, quarterback? Michigan's offense is suspect, but the real question, I think what question mark now is, is Don Brown's defense exposed? I don't know if you read um, Stu Mandel's uh, column earlier in the week in the athletic, he was speculating that basically that Ohio State had given the br- blueprint on how to basically dismantle Don Brown's defense and and I think maybe some people took issue with that saying well Ohio State dismantled Don Brown's defense because they had the the athletes the speed and they realized that the Michigan defensive secondary couldn't keep up with them but um, th- definitely that thing has gone a little wacky a little a little rickety and so yeah, maybe there's a change coming on offense. Um, Maybe Josh Gaddis won't be calling plays. I'm I'm, that marriage doesn't seem to be working. I'm not worried about that. Am I worried about that uh, more or less than Virginia? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still a game in Ann Arbor. I'm still, I'm still worried about that more than I'm worried about. Virginia. I
1: mean, but that's against like a head coach who didn't even have a one-on-one physical in your face interview for his offensive coordinator. It was a 20 minute fucking phone call. How much sense does that make? I mean, it's somebody that you, did, you know, I could see it if it was somebody that you have known or have coached with, or I mean, and even that seems a little like lighthearted, like to to just a 20 minute phone call. Like, yeah, this is a guy get talks and then hires it. I mean, I can't think of anything more Jim Harbaugh than that. It,
2: does he I, work I, remote too?
1: <laughs> does, a, well, does he call plays from his couch like well the the way their offense looks it certainly looks like him. yeah i think uh
2: this <laughs> remote work thing is not
0: working for college football i think you stick to tech all right well let's let, let's
3: look stick- oh go ahead
1: no go ahead finish what you're I talking
3: was gonna say, Stu mentioned the fact that he lives in the bay area and obviously harbaugh just coached stan stanford and the 49ers san francisco 49ers and he's like the one thing that just strikes me is how much people do not miss him around here. You know, he said, I right. think the whole thing was, you know, he comes in like a laser light show and he's all sparkly and fun. And then all of a sudden you're just like, well, I've just been kind of looking at the same thing now for a couple of years and I'm a little bored. And so it, the, the whole like enthusiasm unknown to mankind and who has it better than us, that kind of like shtick, like just kind of gets old with people. And where like in the first couple of years, there's kind of this like excitement. So I just, well, if this, somebody if else
1: made the point that, I mean, we all thought Stanford was going to crumble after Harbaugh left. Right. We thought like sooner or later, like not sooner or later, just like you would, you would start to see the decline, which with David Shaw. And then that didn't happen. You're like, well, you know, Shaw's a pretty good coach, but what set Harbaugh apart from what he did there at Stanford, and at San Francisco, you know, this has been suggested elsewhere was Greg Roman offensive coordinator. Now with the Baltimore Ravens, you know, now people are starting to wonder if it was Greg Roman all along that was kind of propping Harbaugh up. You know what I mean? With the, hey. with the way they were doing things. Interesting. So I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about Virginia. I, Cause I am not letting this become my trap game. Look, um, we're getting Michael Young back this week. That's good news. Uh, getting Jameer Smith back this week. That's good news. Uh, is there a chance in hell that either of them have as good a game coming
3: back as Cole Komet? And that would be kind of a hard, high bar to reach, right?
1: Yeah, uh, say extremely high bar. I mean, how about halfway? Can either of them reach 50 yards and half a touchdown? <laughs> half a stolen touchdown. I mean, I'd love to
2: see Michael Young do it, but.
1: Geez. I
3: don't know. The one thing that 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 Brian Kelly said tonight on his radio show that I thought was interesting was um, that Young would give Chris Fink a a rest that he he kind of sorely needs because he was taking seventy five to eighty snaps uh, during the game, and that's really more than they wanted to work Chris Fink in a game. And so, you know, Michael Young will not be back at full speed or full effort. But um, even if he can give uh, you know Chris Fink a couple of blows or whatever. Um, to use Ke- Brian Car- Kelly's terminology, uh, that's that's super huge. So you know, I'm not expecting a lot out of the first week, but I I'm just I, this is faster than I thought that we would get him back. I thought this was more like a bi week thing. So yeah.
1: do you think it's uh, strange they, they still kept Fink out on the edge there? Because when the depth chart came out, they still had him, you know, out at the you know on the outside with Michael Young backing him up there. Well, instead I, of
3: I thought. The- I thought that spoke to maybe how little they thought they were going to use Michael Young. You know what I mean? Or does it,
1: or does it say how little they're actually going to use Fink? Because I, with a rib injury, I, I don't know. I just,
3: I. Well, then why did you list so, Fink so, first on the depth chart?
1: I, I don't know. Well, because it's, it's your captain and he's probably going to play. I guess, I guess maybe it speaks more to like, we're still going to use keys on the inside. Because we have two guys in the edge here that that we're gonna to have to do a lot of rotating. I, hell, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just seems a little, little strange. So yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the reason. Because of the injury, is it because Young? You know, still. I mean, I guess the end to the point is, if Young's not ready to go, why fucking play him? I mean, I, I mean, do we really think that we? Do we need Michael Young to beat Virginia? I mean, wouldn't you rather have him take another week to heal? I mean, I, obviously you bring Cole Komet back, even you know if he was eighty percent against Georgia, right, or whatever it was, because you needed him, and that was proof was in the pudding there. But do you really need Michael Young against Virginia? Is he the key to beating Virginia?
3: I mean, I don't think Virginia is a pushover team.
1: No, I don't think they are either. That, but but to my, but they're not. We're going to talk them up a little bit because opponents scare the shit out of Notre Dame fans always, and we we know what we know what's at stake. But I mean, it's not like we don't have other guys there, guys that have been playing. I mean, do you really want to risk Michael Young for the rest of the season if he's not full, you know, f- fully healed?
3: I mean, I this is hard for us to speculate, right? And are we
1: talking about rust being like? he's still hurting or is it just Russ because he hasn't been running around catching balls? Yeah, right. Like, like maybe. maybe this is for Michael Young's sake. Like
2: so, Psychologically, so maybe- there's a, there's a part, there's a psychological parts of to injuries too. Maybe he needs to see his name on the depth chart and maybe he won't see the field on Saturday.
1: Well, my know. thing is if, it, if it's just, if it's just like a, he's 80% because of basically because he hasn't played, not because of his actual physical health. Then yeah, fuck it, play him. You know, I mean, work it out of him a little bit. That's that's absolutely fine. That's what needs to happen. I just I just don't understand if he if he's not fully healed, why even risk it? Even if Fink is hurting, I mean, but then why? I mean, I I don't know. To, to me, to me, that would seem detrimental.
3: I mean, I, think, I feel like we've already answered this question. Fink, yeah, we have we, yeah, have we have. Fink Fink has an injury. We don't know how how healed up it is, and and they've also said that they're using him too much, and that they're cur- they're worried about. Him breaking down uh, and losing, you know, losing Fink. So if you can bring back Michael Young, and he's not fully conditioned or whatever, so he can't take, you know, forty snaps for you or whatever. Can he take twenty? It sounds like he can. So you know, I
1: listen to a lot of others. I mean, I read a lot of other team stuff and other podcasts, all that. I swear to God, Notre Dame is the only fucking one that goes on and on about snap counts. I mean they aren't the only one, but it is so it is such a large part of the discussion about the play. I not to say that doesn't matter. It just it's shocking to me that you don't hear more about that elsewhere. Maybe it's because some of the other teams that are you know on the I want to say the upper echelon, but you know, your other top 15 teams, you know,
3: are maybe they're deeper. You know, I mean that's that's so no one gives a
1: shit as it is anyway. So yeah,
3: I don't know. Well, it's, it was the number one stated reason for moving from Brandon Wimbush to Ian Book last year, right? Which was like the defense was on the field way too long in the right. first two games, and Brian Kelly's like, "We got to do something different with our offense," and so that's the that's the reason he made moved to even Book, and he was he was mentioning the number of snaps that that you know Drew Tranquil had to take against uh, Ball, State. Uh, Ball State. Yeah, thank you very much. So I I don't know. I, yeah. I think every, I think every coach pays attention to him, whether or not they get whether or not there's a fixation, I I can't say. But I also know that Notre Dame has so many media members that are spending so much time looking at snap counts that they're asking the questions. And so Brian Kelly's entertaining them.
1: True. It's like uh at our own little our own little biodome. We're hanging out with Pauly Shore just counting uh snap counts. <laughs> I mean that's I mean I, I could see you know and I could see like the guys that cover Nebraska, you know, in their own little biodome uh with whatever you know, how much cornbread did you eat today? I don't know. So um, look, I want to talk about the running game for a minute. Obviously, Georgia was not a, uh, <laughs> it was not a part of the, the spotlight of the offense. But per design, per reason, I was on the side of, I'm absolutely fine with what they did offensively for the most part at, at Georgia, especially in terms of the running game. I, I felt that beating your head against the wall served you no purpose, and you know that that was they did what they needed to do to win. I would you know, and book threw the ball downfield, and actually he was re- pretty successful. Uh, I want to say he was four four or five or five or six or some shit like that. Uh, throw the ball uh, past twenty yards, so that's pretty for like hundred and ten yards. That's pretty damn good. Um, but I. At some point, you got to get it back on track, right? Like you cannot, and we know this from experience. Notre Dame cannot go to Air Kelly and survive, a, you know, a, a season. So is it Virginia's got a pretty stout defense? I mean, they they got some players on the defensive side. All their linebacker incredibly active. I mean, is this a week where, where doing because we kind of need to see it from our offensive line, right? We need we need to see those got guy, those guys opening up some holes. You get Jameer Smith back, so you know now you're giving Tony Jones a little bit of a breather because they obviously had no faith whatsoever in SIBO Flemister or Kyron Williams in Georgia. I mean, fucking none, and I don't blame them. That's absolutely the smart. I think that was a smart move to say, "Nope, it's Tony," and that's it. Um, but don't you think this week they really have got to try to push that that button a little bit more? Yeah, I think they got to try. I'm with you.
2: Um, I mean, I'd be disappointed if, if I saw anything else than just trying to establish the run, especially what, against. What, what's like a carry Virginia's. count?
1: That, what's a carry count that you'd be if, happy
3: with? Here's the deal: if they run, let's say sixty-five offensive plays because they ran sixty-five in the first two games and sixty-one against Georgia, how many of those do you think are uh, drop back to passes?
2: I mean, I think it's 50
3: Really,
0: which is fine. I, I mean, that's I, a, that's a that's a. But, I think, Kelly, it's, I, think but it's run, I think
2: it's run. I think it's run heavy long. to begin with. I think it's run heavy to begin with. I think first half
1: you see a 60-40 and then it balances out.
3: All right. So I mean, what me, if,
1: what uh, if those first two drives they're, they're you know they're, they're getting stuffed on that run though. Do they come back d- to it on the third drive?
3: Let me drop some uh, some stats on you, okay?
1: Uh, Virginia
3: Virginia is 12th in the nation rust defense allowing 75 yards per game. In fact, they're ranked 14th in the nation in total defense allowing 263.8 yards per game. Like Actually, stuffing the run is their strong suit. So, I'm not saying they're going to not do it at all, but I'm also saying that I would not be surprised to see Ian Book throw 35 40 times this game.
1: But who's Virginia played? Yeah, I, and... I guess that's my point. And not just the, 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 but are they, are they pass happy teams? I mean, they played William and Mary, they played Pittsburgh, they played Florida State, they played ODU. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, they're 4 0. You know, ODU is a past team, I believe. I, I would think Pittsburgh would probably be the team that try to run on the most. I don't have any of those stats in front of me, but I'm just imagining. Um, I mean, I don't know. William and Mario, ODU, Florida State. I mean, <laughs> I do, these are. I mean, it's, it's a respectable 4-0. Don't get it wrong. Um, but these aren't exactly like top 50 teams.
3: I think yeah. it, I think it's anything else, right? They'll they'll see if it's working, and if it's not, they'll they'll shut it down exactly like they did with Georgia, right? If they can't, if their offensive line can't move those bodies, and we're not, you know, you're not the third and two is not reliable, um, then, it's not, know, then it's not then it's not going to
1: happen. I rem- you know Notre Dame had trouble running against Bronco, you know when he was at BYU. Yeah, that's know, a
3: good point. Yeah, I
1: mean, he uh, yeah. he does a good job. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure how similar his defenses at Virginia are to what they were at BYU. I, and I, I was going to watch the 2000, I wasn't going to watch the uh, 2015 Virginia game. I remembered, oh, Bronco wasn't there. Uh, oh, my so, God. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I just, but I was trying to figure out, I was trying to think about how similar their defenses were because I remember the BYU defenses kind of giving Notre Dame a problem with the run. They're pretty active up front. Um, they did a lot of, uh, a lot of stunting. So, you know, I, I don't
3: know. Their inside linebacker has 13 tackles for loss already. Zane, Zane Zandler or Zane Zandier?
1: Yeah, he's got like five sacks, I think, too. And you got and
3: Jordan, Jordan Mack leads all uh, linebackers with five sacks. Okay,
1: he's the one with five sacks. Okay. I mean, and Snowden's got like three, and that dude's yeah. like seven. Six, seven, Snow-
3: Snowden six, line- seven linebacker. Snowden last week, won defensive player of the week. Uh, I think for the ACC, 15 tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. I mean, that's a that's a huge game. That's a Tavon Coney. Yeah, we're not
1: even talking play. about Hall. You know? Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you might be their most talented player. Uh, now I. So I don't know. You know, I don't know. I I would like to see them go more to because I mean I know Chip Long wants to play it more balanced with the pass and the run. I mean, that's, he's talked about it since he's got to Notre Dame and for the most part, he's backed it up. Um, you know, with, he wants to run the football. He wants to be balanced. He wants to use the tight ends. Uh, so, well, I just don't know. I, I, I don't want to see them uh, abandon all ye hope uh, and go and just fucking air it out. Uh, but, you know, you got to win a football game too. It's Just dead silence. We're all sitting here thinking about: Can they really block? Like, I, I mean, what is the deal with this? I mean, let me, no Jerry, let me pull out my Jerry Seinfeld. What is the deal with this offensive line? I mean, they just do not seem
3: they don't get power enough. I
1: mean, I will give them you know zero sacks on Ian Book last week. That's pretty fucking impressive. You know, against against Georgia, I thought their pass protection against Georgia was pretty good. Um, but you're going to have troubles in the run game and they weren't even to try it. So hard to even grade them on, uh, you know, as a run blocking grade because of the way they were going about their game plan. But what we saw the first two games, it's just, there's just no push. Like, I, I just don't get it at all <laughs> with the massive size of these, of these guys. And the fact that they've been able to do it before. I mean, is it really more of the running back? I mean, is it, you know, was it? Do we really need that top notch running back to get four yards of fucking carry? Even
3: <laughs> it's not just the running back, though, it's the, it's the offensive line. You know, they're well, just that's,
1: getting- what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, but uh, last year, Notre Dame got I, I can't remember the, the amount of the percentage of the stuff of the run stuffs when we we're running the ball, but it was incredible how poor we were. And yeah, we got bad. stuffed a lot, but you it's could hard count, hard but that. then Dexter would pop one. Stuff, right. stuff, pop one. Stuff pop one. Stuff 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 pop one. And so your so all your basic stats kind of even themselves out, right?
0: Yeah. It was so twenty-four percent.
1: But this year there's no pop. There's no running back pop. So I mean we're also are, all these stuffs are just like adding up, adding up. We're also pretty spoiled
2: in terms of offensive line play from when East Dan was the coach and when we had McGlinchey and Nelson and
1: Josh Adams. I mean those were I know, we're, but we we're, were used to seeing like. The, I know, but we have got four returning starters on this on this fucking line. What's that? Including five a five. Right. right. I mean, whatever. I mean, <laughs> throw that in the trash. I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. But we have four starters returning the line. That should be. I mean, that, that's a big deal to me. I mean, of all the like stats that get tossed around. One of the things that I look at the most are, you know, the, the returning starters on your offensive line in the preseason. Like I'm looking at all, all these other teams, like how many guys do you have back on the offensive line? I think that makes a huge difference. And you say Notre Dame's got four returning starters, that's huge to me.
3: Just, I have, I mean, look, look, what was it? Third and one and fourth and one um when they when they threw the touchdown to commit that was really intended for jones um they threw two passes there they have no they had no confidence at all they could get one yard and and they they acted that way against new mexico too with it wasn't just about the balling it was just their guys couldn't get the push against a much smaller new mexico defensive line it was it's unbelievable
1: yeah i don't know i mean I, that's that's what bothers me the most it's just there's a lack of I, i'm not gonna say lack of effort i'm not throwing these i don't want to throw these guys out of the i I like these guys, and I've seen, them, I've seen them perform well, but right now they are not. And I don't know, maybe that's a Jeff Quinn problem. I mean, that's what it's, this is all lining up to be, right? Like,
3: I think, I look, I, I believe we were sold a bill of goods about Jarrett Patterson that has, that has not come to fruition. I don't believe. Yeah,
1: there, there is a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of mistakes coming from the center
3: position and and he's the he's i mean he's he should be the glue that holds the whole thing together and i don't believe that's the case so you got five guys who are sort of they want to be working in tandem but i don't think that they are right now and so maybe they will gel or maybe we're gonna have like a 2014 type thing where like by the fifth or sixth game they're they're changing up you know the starters and guards are moving to tackle or tackles moving to guards you know what i mean like Maybe we'll have one of those kind of reckonings, but
1: right. But we knew we had bodies behind there in 2014. We don't know. We're not sold on anybody behind the guys right now. I mean, do you bring in Trevor Rowland at center to, to take over for, for Patterson? I mean I
3: don't I, think the staff feels that way. No. So No,
1: that's what I'm saying. I, I just I don't see that happening.
3: Just the Aaron Banks is just is just he's frustrated me. You know? He's what? He's frustrated me. I, I
1: saw I saw you tweet out. I, I'm pretty sure it was you, Jude. On, was it on that screen when he just completely I, didn't I see?
3: I mean, how do you know your eyes downfield? That's the the most unforgivable thing. And I know uh, Brian Kelly was lighting a fire under his butt, and I just I felt the same exact way.
1: Because I mean, if he hits that block, it's at least six, seven yards rather than getting smoked. What fundamental to His job, I don't even understand. <laughs> Now it was it was awful that was that was one where you kind of jump up and it was like, "Oh dear God, Almighty, what are you doing? Ugh. but let me get, well let's stay on the offensive line that first penalty of the game, first play of the game, that penalty on Ike, I, I I know we're talking about Georgia again, but were you guys as dumbfounded as I were I was?
3: he was committing penalties or that it was committing penalties on the first play of the game. Yeah.
1: yeah. well, I mean, that it was actually called a penalty. I mean, the play was still going on that, play, that, that happens ev- almost every single down in football
3: it was he rough the night, night, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that happens on every single play. You could throw that flag yeah, every I single think,
3: time. I mean, honestly, that was the rough setting of the tone for the night saying, we're not going to, well, that,
1: that we're going not- to be t- completely fucking incompetent because they looked at it for most of the game.
2: Yeah, there were there
1: were a lot of bad calls both ways. Yeah, no, I'd say Notre Dame was not – this is not a blame game for Notre Dame because they those refs screwed up that whole game on Bulls. They fucked everybody's rolled up that night. But you made it kind of – a it was just a strange watch because the refs were so bad. But that, you know, yeah, setting the tone, I thought that too, Jude. I thought, well, oh, they're doing that. But it still is like, are you kidding me? That play happens every single – Time and I mean, every single play in football that's going on. Yeah, I mean, Can I, you can't choose
2: a play that's going to like dictate the outcome of the drive to set the tone. That's just petty. I
1: hate that. I hate that. Like, you know what you do the pregame before they do the you want to set the tone before the coin flip, just get the guys together, the captains, and say, Look, don't yeah. punch each other in the face. Play ball. Yeah. That, that's your tone. That's all the tone you have to set is don't. Don't go. Don't make this a ESPN highlight of a of a brawl. Yeah. Other hey than guys, that, it's football. Hey guys, we're all fired up.
2: You know,
3: I don't. It's fucking it. I think it's unforgivable that Eichenberg had two personal foul penalties. I just unbelievable.
1: I that one though. I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at Eichenberg for that. You're going down. You're going down to Georgia. And everyone's telling you all week long, they're these big bets, and you, and it's a play that happens I mean, that every single time. Face, what's that? The In hands that. of the face, that shit happens. I mean, it just does. I mean,
3: <laughs> quite, quite an inopportune time.
1: Liam Eichenberg, Liam Eikenberg didn't, didn't hit someone three minutes at, or three seconds after the and stand over him like an asshole. That's unforgivable. But he's just playing, he's out there playing football, try, trying to do what he can. I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not mad at him for that. I'm mad at the refs for that first one. The hands of the face. That's going to get called. And the thing is, it happens a lot and it doesn't get called. So it's just a matter of if the ref's going to pull out his fucking flag or
0: not. So, I mean, what, what do you
1: guys expect us to see, see this week? I mean, I, I was trying to set the tone, uh, uh, talk about the running game. But, I mean, are, are we – do you think it's they're, they're really going to go half and half, Brad? Or do you think that it's going to go – you know, that they're going to try to pound it for a while?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going to try to pound it a little bit, and I, kind of what I expect to see is, like we mentioned earlier, the NC State game from 2017. This is a team that it's an ACC team. They're ranked. They're not necessarily proven. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they trail like, like by two scores to ODU at one point.
1: Um, I think they were down 17 nothing, and then yeah. they ended up winning 28-17.
0: Yeah, so I think um, I think this is one of those where. Part of
2: me wanted to say, you know, and I, I wrote this much in the uh, staff picks, like, I'm gonna be optimistic here and say that this is not a trap game, this is not a letdown, this team's gonna come out and play well. Um, and I think they're they're gonna they're gonna blow this team out and they're gonna be squarely back in and, and, and maybe it's an insult like you said earlier, but it's just back in the playoff uh, conversation by virtue of
0: beating a ranked team by, you know, through two or three scores. Judy you got anything to add on that? Just
3: I think Virginia is a good team. If if they if Notre Dame spanks them, then a uh, probably more of a reset reassessment of, of Virginia than a reassessment of Notre Dame. Um I I don't Don't you I, think this feels I, a lot like the hard, Syracuse
1: hard game hard, last year?
3: What's that? It's hard when you play four teams and it's ODU, William and Mary. Right. Uh Florida State, you know, like
1: and look, and look, in in three of those games, and all and you take what in the Florida State game, the Pitt game, and the ODU game, Virginia was down at halftime. So they wouldn't they went in the locker room at halftime down. William and Mary was the only one that I mean, they were up like thirty five seven or so. But so I mean they're not a fast start kind of a team, which means that they made excellent halftime adjustments.
3: Right. So, and they held they held Pitt and uh what was it ODU to no points in the second half, right? So that's huge.
1: Yeah, I ODU for sure. Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh was no points too. Yeah, so So yeah, so they make excellent halftime adjustments. So if we go into halftime and we're only up, you know, a field goal or or even just a touchdown
0: is that is that worry you?
3: Just, I don't see Notre Dame losing this game. I just, I think the question is whether or not this game is is close, or it's it's lopsided, you know. And so, and I,
1: and I asked, and I think I, you probably just didn't hear me, but don't you think that this feels a lot like the Syracuse game last year, outside yeah. of shitty uniforms?
3: And <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about it. Um,
1: I mean, I think. I mean, I even think Syracuse was ranked eighteen. If not, they were damn close. Yeah, I mean, that's why I mentioned oh, – no, they, they, they were, like, ranked 13 or 14. They were ranked in the top 15.
2: I think they were 12. But that's why I mentioned NC State from the year before that. It was the same deal. They were, you know, like think, 15 yeah. or 16, and Notre Dame blew them
3: out. So. Or 17, but, yeah, the points still stay. Yeah,
0: staying. yeah,
3: yeah. So. Um, well,
2: I, I well,
3: think that it N-C-State has a lot State, of that feel to it. That, that NC State game was close for a long time, too, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah. You know, some of these games that Notre Dame end up pulling away late, we're close for a while, like even yeah. the Virginia Tech game, you know, where the score did not really dictate, you know, how that game went that went, you know, rolled along, you know, last year. So, you know, which is a great is a good thing. I mean, we we had pissed and moaned about Notre Dame not be able to put their foot down, you know, to close out games. And, the, and they were doing that. Um, and this year it feels a little bit of the same, right? Yeah. I mean, the same could be said
2: for Stanford last year, too. I mean, they
1: pulled away late in that one. True. Yeah. Exactly. That's another example. Exactly. Stanford, man, are they on some hard times right now? Yes, wow. So, I mean, let's talk about our schedule for a second. How shitty is it? I mean, it's if, the, if Virginia is legitimately our toughest test, let me. Uh, do you believe that Virginia is our
0: toughest test moving moving forward? I think it still goes to Michigan. Yeah, just just because it's on the road at Michigan,
3: there's a whole psychological element to it that Virginia is never going to bring. You know,
1: like how how would you how would you rank like the the three toughest games left? You guys would have Michigan one. Who's who's
0: a good question? Yeah.
1: I mean, I was, I'm, I'm kind of SC still sneak up. That's, what I, that's I mean, what I was going to say. I'm kind of scared. Aren't they still talented enough to cause some problems. Yeah, yeah. They're Virginia, up and down and they're
3: talented. Yeah. In Virginia, USC. I think that's it. Right. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. So there are two, we're working through this. Like, this is like a corporate worksheet. You know, we should be proud of ourselves and have donuts and coffee. Uh, so then three, I mean, who would be that third time? I think that's probably where we, cause I'm with you guys. I mean, I, I'm saying Virginia is our toughest test left, and that's based off of, A, me not really acknowledging Michigan at all because fuck them, but at the same time, you know, a 4-0 record in ranks says is a lot better than what Michigan has right now. But I'm with you guys. I think that that would be a tougher test in Ann Arbor, number one. I brought up SC, so obviously I think that would be the second. But with three, that's a little bit of a struggle. I, I, I kind of think maybe Virginia does fit in there just because Stanford is just, oh, man, they're just so ugly right now. And I can't see... You know, at Boston College. I mean, you get smoked by Kansas.
3: I was gonna say at I home mean, too. It's that was weird. Was Navy weird. hasn't
1: played enough. Navy's only played two, they've had two bye weeks already. Jeez. <laughs> I keep trying to find stuff about Navy and I'm like, God, what the hell? And I've I mean, had two bye weeks.
3: It's halftime in the game against Memphis and they're beating them 20 to 14. So that's what's
1: going on right now?
3: That's going on right now.
1: Okay, when
3: okay. you listen, to, when our listeners listen to this podcast, that that game will be decided. But uh, yeah, right now, it's
1: they're going only- to listen like they're fucking. They already they just played. What do you mean by weeks? <laughs> but before this week, they had two by weeks, which I think is a, like a kind of a helper, right? Because they have army after the conference championship game, so they kind of have to stretch the season out a little bit. Yeah. But anyways, but I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to find like our Notre Name's toughest path, and. I wanted to bring up uh, David Pollock for a second. Okay, <clears throat> he got goaded so bad on uh, the College Football Live podcast or whatever it is with with Kevin Nagandi. and he had and he was so. <laughs> I just want to give David Pollock like a tip of the cap because he just was not bu- he's not buying any bullshit. So Nagandi was trying to get basically was trying to stir up a debate about Notre Dame in the College Football Playoff, right? Like, wanted to bring up, you know, can a one loss our name get in? And Pollock was just like, no, you know, not right now. You know, no. And he listed off his reasons. And whether I agreed with his reasons or not, it was, it was a fair statement, right? Like, you take off your Notre Dame hat and you look at it from the outside. He made some fair statements. But Nagandi kept bringing up, you know, well, you know, they're going to get the edge because of the brand. He said the word brand like four or five times. And Pollock got really fucking pissed about him saying brandy. He goes, that does not matter. And the guy goes, Oh, you don't think it matters? He's like, no. And it's something I have been saying for a while. Like that college football playoff committee gives zero F's about a brand. That in fact, you know, in those in those meetings, in those gatherings of getting the rankings together, Notre Dame has more enemies than friends in that. The brand of Notre Dame is not gonna be something that they're going through their mind to sell. And I I, I know that it has been something that has been said quite a bit, you know, just in the last couple of weeks. And I just appreciated Pollock like shutting it down completely. And then here in the Gandhi have to like backtrack his statements um because of how bad Pollock has shut it down. You know, he wasn't knocking Notre Dame, he was just saying like sure, the, the committee doesn't give a shit. You know why he brought up Ohio State. You know why didn't they get in? Then they're a big, they're a big brand. You know they only have one. You know just stuff like that.
3: Yeah. So uh, why I, I, I,
1: I'm just, I'm just having everyone I'm warning you now. Buckle up for the next like six, seven weeks. You know, you know, rattle off six wins in a row Notre Dame. Buckle down now for all the asinine, dumb things that are going to be said about Notre Dame uh, moving forward because it, it, that's going to be all over the map and people that are praising Notre Dame after the Georgia loss are going to crash them in four weeks, uh, regardless. So look, all I can say is that Notre Dame just has to keep winning. They got to do it with some style. Whether you want to call them style points, or you just want to say kick-ass good points. They got to do something to make it look pretty. And even then it may not even be enough. It may not matter. So, you know, enjoy what's left, and which is a problem when the schedule looks as light as what ours is. But you know, you're just gonna have to roll with it. I would stop thinking about the playoffs right now. Uh, you bring it up again in about five weeks.
3: I think that's fair, and I also I also want to remind people that David Pollock was the the voice of sanity when the college game day or college you know football live or whatever their daily show is was going sideways with the, well, maybe Michigan really was better. Than- right.
1: Yeah. Pollock's Pollock is a truth speaker because he, I mean, he keeps it about as, as <laughs> real and locked down as any, I mean, he just doesn't, he's not buying any of the dumb takes that are out there. I mean, have you, I mean, I, I'm not trying to gush over David Pollock here, but I mean, have you, have you even heard Pollock given any kind of like super hot take and he's on a lot. Like he's one of their, shining stars and i've yet to hear him like put out some ridiculous shit i mean herb street does it you know and he something that he doesn't have to do and he, he does pollock just doesn't he doesn't get involved in all that which i gotta which i admire a lot as a kind
3: of sewer of hot takes myself I, I can't i was gonna say i can't think of any but it didn't, <laughs> mean it didn't happen you know they're all they're all guilty in some way right
2: yeah yeah i'm sure i've been mad at pollock about something at some point.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, if they're wrong about something, you know, you'd be like, "Yeah, uh, you f- moron." But which is the difference though between like that and a hot take? Like Finebaum talking about who, who the king of the takes, you know, banning yeah. Notre Dame from the from the playoffs or whatever it was for five Fein- years. You know, Fein- Feinbaum's a yahoo. Yeah, he's he's a funny cat. So let's get some predictions here. I mean, I think we kind of da- we've danced around this game, and it. I gotta tell, I've danced around it this, this week. I've had a weird week as it is, right? And but trying to like really put my finger on what this game is going to look like, I still have not got to that level. Like I, I'm still like, I, what, what were those books called? The Choose Your Own Adventure books? I, I'm like, I'm reading a Choose Your Own Adventure right now uh, with Notre Dame football and and Virginia coming up. And I, I can't make up my mind. I'm on page 12, and I'm not sure if I should go to page 18, 32, or 44. I mean, it's just
3: – I mean, you have a sword in your hand. You might as well slay the dragon or at least attempt to.
1: I know, but if you could, j- if you could just, just click the wheel, cloak of invisibility. Just walk,
0: around, walk right on by.
3: Uh, Brad, what do you think?
2: I will not turn to page 153. I will close the book. I don't want to make decisions. I want to read a story. And
3: in terms of your <laughs> in terms of your for Saturday, okay,
2: okay. Tell me what to do, Corporate um, Master. I don't remember what I wrote for the uh, staff picks, but I'm pretty sure it was a Notre Dame blah, something like thirty-one.
1: That you said this this afternoon? Yeah. <laughs>
2: what, what did I say?
1: <laughs> I I didn't read it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty
2: sure. I'm pretty sure I picked Notre Dame big. I just think. I'm, I'm being optimistic here. Prediction: Notre Dame is going to win. Um, I just got an email from Notre Dame advisory regarding eastern equine encephalitis from mosquitoes. Uh, you know they've been reported in Southwest Michigan. So oh, if you're going, yeah. So guys, when we go to the game, we have to wear long sleeves. Um, but don't you're worry, you're taking the,
1: your firstborn son, correct? I am, yes. Y'all, don't worry. You, you better lock him up, man. You better put like ace bandages all around him. Don't worry.
2: The end of the email says the Notre Dame bookstore has added a supply of insect repellent. So everyone listening, yeah. (laughs) So everyone listening that's going to the game, go and get your repellent and watch Notre Dame beat Virginia big. That's my prediction. It's gonna be
1: so easy to go into that bookstore too. It's gonna be just (laughs) to get in and get out for some fucking bug spray.
3: Brad, Brad, you put down forty-one fourteen, and I only know that because I literally went to the trash where I put all your staff picks and uh, and found it. Oh, so yeah, then forty-one
2: fourteen. That's what I said earlier too. You guys remember
3: that, right? Yeah, Yeah, I taught myself a a rule today in Gmail that anything that was uh, R E colon staff picks immediately just got sent to the trash. So I love you you all, but I do not love you filling my inbox. And I, and I tried to ask Josh to BCC people, and so it wouldn't be reply all. And he didn't listen to me.
1: No, I did <laughs> not. You know, you know why? Because I was like, "Huh?" And then forgot about. Forgot all about it. <laughs> My bad. I. Uh, but, no, but now you got a new skill, right?
3: I got a new. I found myself you a new skill. Up your like, look, I'm not going to go back to Josh and be that guy that said, "Look, I asked you to, and you said you would." <laughs> I'm going to just learn a rule that teaches the, all these emails to go to the trash. So, filter, folks. It's your friend. Anyway,
1: yeah, you, you, you backed it up.
3: Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a 3320 type game. That's where I feel like it's going to be. So, um, did you say 3320? 30,
1: 3320,
3: yeah.
1: Okay.
3: That's where I feel like.
1: I've been all I've been all over my map on this. And that's all right, because that's just the way I live my life anyways. But I, I said 3117, I think, in the in the anti-preview today. I I just don't think I really don't think Virginia, I, I've been thinking about it since I hit publish. I don't think Virginia's gonna score that much. I think you know, but I'm trying to imagine Notre Dame against that defense, and it's like, yeah, so I'm gonna backtrack on my prediction a little bit. Uh, and I'm gonna go thirty four ten uh doubles up on the spread um, and I think it's still on the under though, right? Is the over under fifty five
3: It's in the fifties, yeah, so yeah
1: so um, I
3: don't know what uh do you, you don't think there's any kind of first half hangover from Georgia or anything like that?
1: no, I think I actually think Notre Dame's going to come out. I think the problem is going to be in the second half per Virginia um, the way they play. I just think that Notre Dame going to come out gunning. It's going to be a lot like, I think, first possession or two, they'll score, and then they will kind of get reeled in a little bit. Um, You know, I think think they're really locked in on making this a successful jump out of the gate kind of a thing. I mean, for Kelly to say something like that right after the Georgia and for the players-only meeting and. I mean, it just, it kind of all adds up to like, you could, teams could say they're focused, but they're really like walking that focus line. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's, what's going to happen. Now they, they could very, it was pointed out in the Irish illustrated podcast today, you know, you could do all that stuff and still come out completely fucking unfocused, <laughs> you know, cause you had said the right things in the media and all that stuff. But to me, it feels like, you know, they're really dialed in. Like they, you know, kind of a lot like the Georgia loss from 2017. You know, I, it, it was tranquil after that game that was talking, talking smack about how he feels sorry about the teams that had to play, which was great. And, you know, Kareem is saying the same thing, basically. I, I think, you know, I think there's something to that. You know, I think that rather, you know, if they would have got blown out, though, I think you might have had a problem. But because it was a close loss, I mean, as physical as it was, and Kelly said it was a physical game like five times, and within like forty-four seconds of his press conference, you know, I, I just think I think they're going to come out ready to play. So we all got them win a row, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so we're good. we <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> we'll bring on the next week. So. Um, three thirty game. Before we go though, let's. I, I do want to bring up uh, Skynet. I mean Skycam. Okay, they reeled it back. Did you did you see the the stuff published today?
3: From Eric Hansen and the ND Insider.
1: Yeah, I just I am a little shocked, and I know I shouldn't be, but I can't remember the guy's name. Jude, you don't need to look him up. It doesn't matter. The producer. Uh, like that, yeah. Okay, there you go. I because I keep forgetting his name. You know, he was pretty brazen. He was pretty bold putting that out there. Like and then talking about like, you're gonna like this. We're just gonna do this. And then he had a backtrack because obviously the backlash was tremendous. But he still, in his statements, was not climbing down from that hill. You know
3: what I mean? Because you like, know why?
1: Because, because it's says fucking idea. That's what happens in corporate culture.
3: Because it doesn't matter if a, a thousand people email him to tell him how much they hated it. If Jack Swarbrick didn't hate it, it doesn't matter what the thousand people said. You know? That's that's who's pushing this. I mean, did you read the article? Yeah,
1: I know. I, Jack, I get it.
3: Jack I get says, it. Think outside the envelope. I want to see what you can come up with. You know? Let's but make Jack this-
1: Swarbrick isn't his fucking boss, though. That's the thing
3: there there's that's a that's a that's a mutual arrangement right which is that Notre Dame has expectations it wants to see from NBC and NBC obviously says you better put a big a good product out in the field
1: well that's right? my thing I mean if I was NBC then I'd be like and then what then you'll do what walk go ahead I mean at, at some point like look I am been completely on board with the Jack Swarbrick experience at Notre Dame Stadium for the most part like all the changes that have been made, you know, the Jumbotron, I, I have backtracked on the field turf a little bit. I do miss the grass. That's either here or there. You know, a lot of the stuff going on has been good. I like the fact that they're petty as fuck and putting the band way up top next to the Jumbotron. I think all that stuff is great. In this instance, though, I, I don't know what Jack is trying to do. Like, he should know, A, he should know better about his fan base and then B, like you are really i mean this isn't just 75,000 people that you're fucking with this is all your viewers at home the people that live and die for Notre Dame football throughout the year that get that watch them on NBC six or seven times out of that year and you're throwing it in their face that you're going to do this cuz you think it's cool i,
3: I think I, we I, I, got, it's a, I think we got to where we need to be though right which is that they're going to tone it down. They're still. They're not going to drop it because that would admit if, you know. Well, cautious. they're not
1: going to do it for the Bowling Green game. They said that was, which I may be wrong, but that was the first time I had seen that even said that they were going to do it at all for the Bowling Green game. But they, they said that that was already a predetermined thing that they were going, which I don't, I mean, I honestly, I don't buy it because I didn't hear anything about that from the jump. Like this was... They had would, have said, asked,
3: would have asked Rob Hyland what his camera uh, strategy was for a for an October game against Bowling Green. I mean, how well, the thing
1: happen? was is they said all game, like this is what we're doing for Notre Dame football games moving forward. So they didn't they didn't say a, an exclusion, which gives them an out to give it to have an exclusion, right? Because they didn't say they would, and they wouldn't didn't say they wouldn't. And so now you're going to have a game without. And it, boy, I
0: I am just shocked that they are still. Still
1: half even sold on this, like it's not going to change anybody's minds. Like, I, like the, I, the, the New Mexico game was not a windy day, but I, I think <laughs> they use that as a as a as a fault.
3: I think you can get to a place where you use it way more sparingly than you did, and it's actually an enhancement to the broadcast. It's not a definite. absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, and the way they had worded the their new state or whatever it was in the. In the India Insider article, it made a lot of sense, right? Like, this should have been more how it was in the beginning. I mean, you know, use of, no one is, they, they were talking about the stadium experience, right? Like, this brings the kind of like the stadium experience look to your living room. Well, no one at home is soaring over the fucking stadium all jerky, herky. Uh, that just isn't a look I ever remember having s- sitting inside Notre Dame stadium from any seat, from the press box, from the field, wherever the fuck. So for them to come back, come back and, you know, the guidelines, the, kind of the guidelines they're saying between the 35s a little bit, never on third down, you know, shit like that. That should have been from the jump anyway. And the fact that they're still like still trying to sell this thing hard, like people don't know what they saw. It's kind of what like the, you're too dumb to think is kind of what I'm getting from NBC and Jack Swarbrick on that. And I'm telling you, that was the attitude going in. If people are going to bit their attitude going in was if people are going to bitch about this, people are stupid. That was their attitude. I just, I, it's just I, I don't, I don't,
3: I don't, I don't, I don't get upset about Skycam. I'm way, 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 way more excited that they're going to put a second, audio broadcast on NBCSN and it's going to be Ryan Harris and Paul Burmeister because um, I'm definitely going to flip over and check that out. I'll miss Trico, but I will not miss Doug Flutie. And I think that's but especially during Boston how,
1: They're only games. doing that for one broadcast
3: though, right? It's the Boston College game. I mean, if any game to do it, it's to stop Flutie from being insufferable. I mean, I think it's I think it's I a did, he, Trico introduces him every single time as Heisman Trophy winner. Like, yeah, we got it.
1: How you strange is I, that though that they're going to do it for the BC game? I mean that just, thats just that's like it's playing into like it's it's play into the bullshit narrative that they're selling that Notre Dame don't like Doug Flutie because he played for Boston College, which is bullshit. No one likes Doug Flutie because he's fucking horrible at his job. That's the problem. Not but, that he's biased because of BC, it's because he not, fucking sucks.
3: I'm not focused on that. What I'm focused on is somebody in NBC <laughs> somebody in NBC is listening to the fact that they're like no, I get you that they're, they're like, why, why, what, what, why don't we, why can't we have an ND alum on the broadcast? Oh, we just never have. Why, why is that? Uh, uh, you know? And so now they're going to say, look, let's give people what they want. It's not the, it's not the, it's not going to be the primary. It's going to be a secondary option, but like, let's see how many people gravitate to that. Let's see how many people like it. And you know, let's also let's see what Ryan Harris is like and Paul Burmeister. I don't listen to him. I have no idea. Somebody good. on Twitter said, "Oh, oh, they're he's worse they're than good. they're worse than Cricky. They can't spot a ball to save their lives." I don't know.
1: Uh, I feel like <laughs> Ryan Harris
3: is usually pretty good
1: in the yeah. broadcast. I've seen Burme, Burmeister. I'm not. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Burmeister. That's a big okay. step down from Torico. Yeah, that, that's or, like I'm not sure. Like that's a that's a bigger cavern stepping down than the step up from Flutie to Harris. You know what I mean? So how that'll this play, comes, yeah. how that'll play out, you know, I can't tell you. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I get the more that that info goes out to fans who have cable, who have, you know, NBCSN or whatever, I I think you the the rating shift from NBC to that channel, I think it's going to be massive for that week.
3: Oh. Massive. They uh NBC-SN is so few; uh, it's such a small percentage of households compared to NBC, obviously, because you can get that over the air.
1: Right, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is that, but you can, but you can also take out; they can figure out all that shit, right? So the households that have both that that were watching it on. NBC.
3: Here's the other thing: is I get my NBC through an antenna, and it comes in faster than I can get NBCSN through the through the uh, streaming service. So, I'm going to be if I go over to NBCSN, I'm going to be 30 to 45 seconds behind easily, which is going to annoy the crap. Yeah, part.
1: but I mean, I watch my NBC on direct TV, my normal NBC. So, like at home, so my I don't know, I guess I'm
3: at the stadium, it,
1: but still the, the 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 delay doesn't bother me as much. Hell, there's a delay inside my house. My living it, room, my living room is 20 seconds faster than my office where I watch the game. So, I got the t- I kept thinking, I tweeted out, this is funny as hell, so I'm watching the Georgia game in my office, and I can't, I tweeted out, like, who the fuck is, where are these inverted whistles coming from? That's a fucking inverted, that place should be dead. I tweeted something out about it, and it turned out I was hearing the whistle <laughs> from my living room, <laughs> watching it in the office. <laughs> I, I didn't retract uh, my statement, I just left it as I'm drunk, leave me alone, but... Um, <laughs> no i get it i just but i think whoever has that channel regard i don't give a shit if it's a minute delay they're going to switch over that week
3: i think people should should give it a try if they firmly believe that flutie ought to go and that brady quinn ought to be in or some or an nd alum then i think you ought to give it this is this is the nbc extending the olive branch to this very small vote but vocal constituency and so we should make best use of it how you do know? you think brady quinn
1: feels about this right now do you think like, do you think he said, you think he's sending hair or something? Like this, it's all on you now, bud. <laughs> this, oh, I,
3: this whole thing is all on you. I think Brady Quinn is thinking about how beautiful his wife and his two daughters are and how much money he makes at you know, in this. <laughs> studio
1: and- I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like he wants, I mean, he wants that job, right? Like that's, that's not an unknown. He is. Had come out and
3: said that but he I wants to do that. I don't think he's openly. Uh, I I think it's sort of a like a hey, why don't you guys? Why aren't you guys coming to me? I mean, like the other thing is Brady Quinn's not doing games right now. He's doing he's doing the studio. He's right, doing studio. Yeah, you know, taking off games. So that'd be a far cry from going from Fox Studio to you know analyst for NBC, uh, NBC's you know Notre Dame product. That's you don't
1: the, think he would jump at the chance? No,
3: no. I, I, that, I mean that's, that's not, that's not I, the question. I mean. That's not the question anymore. The question is, why would NBC want him? Well, he's I mean, not, he's
1: because he's got to I mean, first of all, because you're appeasing, you're appeasing your customer. I mean, I, I don't know how many times ta- they keep talking about trying to be like if nonpartisan, he sucks right? Like
3: Chris Sims, then I don't want him. You know what I mean? What's that? If he sucks like Chris Sims, then I don't want him.
1: Yeah, but we've we've but Quinn's been in the booth. You've had we've had Quinn in the booth before, just not on. NBC for NBC broadcast. Yeah, so there's there's a sample there's a sample of him in the booth.
3: There's there a sample there. Quite
1: well. There's he has he has quite a few people saying he does a good job.
3: So I, I mean, yeah. So I think I, I think the games I saw him in, he did a he did a he did a good job. So
1: right. So saying, I would think
3: more, NBC I, more would years, want someone who does a good job. The more years you spend in the studio, the less likely it is. It's like it's like Notre Dame hiring a
1: right. A, but don't but don't you think apple he apple would apple
3: jump at the coach? It's just not going to happen.
1: But don't you think he would jump at? He, of course you know, he would he's jump fr- He's from Columbus, Notre Dame's a school, bringing his kids back to the Midwest, getting him out of fucking L.A. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say. You're just saying that the loggers I in the studio, is, the, the studio making, of a play-by-play guy is going to be? Or uh, color it, commentators going to be?
3: You're making it sound like, you know, Brady Quinn is the limiting reagent here. I'm telling you that NBC... It probably has if Doug Flutie left if Doug Flutie, God forbid, got hit by a bus tomorrow, then Brady Quinn would not be one of their first ten phone calls. That's just my feeling, and it's not I about just, it's I not going to Notre Dame or not. It's about Brady Quinn having the chops to do the job.
1: You know, I would have agreed with you on that statement about two months ago or maybe one month ago, whatever it was. Until fucking Skycam, I think yeah. I I think they have a lot of make it up to do. With their only college football product out there, and I think if if Doug Flutie decided to retire tomorrow, I think Quinn would definitely be someone that they called. I would, I think two months ago, no, I think I'm a, I am right in line with you. You know that they'd be like, no, they're still going to do their same thing. I think this whole Sky Camp thing has opened up a bigger can of worms inside those NBC offices. And
3: I gotta be that, honest. That's
1: that, that's a that's a, vo- that's a that was a large response to something.
3: I don't th- I don't think that you can get Brady Quinn out of his contract midseason. I think this has got to be well, a year, year-end thing.
1: You're taking this too fucking literal. I, <laughs> I'm just right. You know, <laughs> I'm I, I, I'm I'm being figurative in a way of just saying. Think, tomorrow. Obviously, there's a season to get through.
2: I think. I, I would prefer uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, and Kenny the Jet Smith. Is that okay? Can we can we make that
1: happen?
3: Are we doing Notre Dame basketball or are we doing football? No, no,
1: football. Is, football, is, is TBS football. getting them back together again? Yeah, 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 for football, uh, for Notre Dame football. I would take Charles Barkley. I mean, I mean wasn't Heinz Ward on the broadcast at one point? Like.
2: What, what, what are we even talking about?
3: How about Malik Dude, Zaire. was on
1: a halftime show, wasn't he? Hey, Get
3: how the about superstars,
1: too. Shit,
3: am I just to uh, uh, rambling on Malik Zaire? What's that? How about Malik Zaire? There's a guy who's working, he's just started, but he's calling games. You need now. a bigger body of work.
2: Oh, what about what about uh, uh, actually, actually, this is a serious uh thing. Darius I've Walker, Darius Walker was working for like the
0: Mountain West network at some point doing play by play. What's he doing? Well, oh, maybe Berline's Berline still working. Thought so.
1: Is he not? I don't know. I, I, I'm not too up to, sh- up to snuff on what uh, CBI what about Aaron Taylor. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> working. Don't, don't do Aaron Taylor. I couldn't. I don't think I could handle Aaron Taylor. No, the, no, the no, no. Every game. Nope. <laughs> Aaron Taylor's going to end up a lot like Madden. I think like in like forty years, as he gets older, he's gonna be more like that, but it just isn't gonna play off as well. <laughs> oh, <fair laughs> <nice. You know? laughs> Taylor's gonna be like boom, no 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 no, la. No, no. But it's not gonna play off as, as well as it did for uh for Johnny. Yeah, I You're think
0: lying. that
1: was that's was like a You're family lying. guy joke. Who You're you lying.
2: know who had a great wedding? Brett Favre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we gotta go, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta go. This is just the- a. This, this is this is my fault for 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 texting you guys like, hey, podcast tonight And June. Like, we really want to do three in one week. Like, we talk. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we the want- the numbers speak the 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 numbers for the podcast for for the two shows in a row were great. So we will know come Friday night how well this decision was, or how good of a decision this actually was.
3: You're telling me that we talked an hour and seven minutes and we're not going to talk about Bryce Perkins at all? Not, not one bit? Not, did I, I not just, say his name. Did not Until right now, did not did say that. his name. Okay. Yep. That's how this podcast rolls, buddy. It's bullshit. I'm on record now. I, I know. He,
1: he's your pet project. I understand. So why didn't you bring him up?
3: Because we didn't literally talk about the Virginia offense you, at all. You
1: think I give a shit? I just start throwing shit out. You got you to gotta, you gotta learn how to steer this ship, Jude. You just throw it out.
3: I, steer, like, oh. I steered it pretty well on Tuesday. You I, what I'm course. saying is,
1: when I'm on the show, you just got to shout a name. Be like, all right, let's talk about him. I, I didn't tried, feel the need to talk about Virginia's offense. I tried to shout Malik Zaire for the last three minutes. I know you did. And she, <laughs> I that, heard you. I said, bad enough body of work. He needs, he, needs, he needs a good solid two more years at least. I mean, he's just coming from overdrive, just now being in there young cat he'll be coming up I, I got i got faith in malik but you, you want to say anything about bryce perkins i just yeah, i was letting it go yeah, i
3: do i, wa- I do want to say think, something about bryce perkins let's hear uh, it. one is extremely personal which is that he won my college football fantasy team for me Jesus. last year My I, quarterback. but uh there was only two quarterbacks last year that threw for 2600 yards or more than 2600 yards and ran for more than 900 uh bryce perkins was, was one do you, does anybody know who the other one was no. Uh, probably a Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. It's is seven for eight this year, picking up a first down while rushing on third or fourth down. This man needs to be contained. If you do not contain him, you will have a long day. Well,
1: I am fairly confident that Notre Dame's defense is better than William and & Mary and <laughs> better than Will Dominion, and I think they're functioning a lot better than Thor. And obviously Pitt was not supercharged. They blew their wad against UCF. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be dismissive of Bryce Perkins, although I spent an hour and seven minutes not using his name, <laughs> but I feel that they will be okay.
3: All I got to say. Bryce Perkins. I've
0: got one last
2: thing to say. Let's hear it. Shout out to redshirt freshman quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, Virginia Cavaliers. A graduate of Shelby High School, the same high school I went to. I was also a Whippet, go Whippets. Um, he's probably not going to see the field, but he's well on scholarship there, so good for him. I also, yeah, I've never met him, so, you know.
3: I thought you were going to shout when out. he
1: does see the field.
3: I thought you were going to uh, shout out uh, defensive lineman Samson Reed, whose father is the Rock Stump Double and went to the same high school as Alohi Gilman. There's a fun fact for you. Nice. That is that is actually a very fun or maybe you Dude, were gonna, I think maybe, maybe you're going to the, uh, the uh long snapper Enzo Anthony who's a direct descendant of Thomas Jefferson. That's pretty interesting too. Nice. Hey, my uh my sixth What was it? great great great
1: I think it's like sixth or seventh greats in there uh was Thomas Stone, whose name is under Jefferson's Declaration of Independence. Uh he was a representative of Maryland. Somehow I am uh my family my family tree goes to
3: Maryland. Thank you all for joining us on the genealogy.
2: <laughs>
1: and he, has, he has the worst signature on there because he doesn't put the full Thomas on there. It's just T-H-O-S stone. <laughs> just a little little fun fact for you. Jude, I'm gonna make you do a whole show of fun facts when we get done with the season and we're like too stressed out to like really talk about real things we're just gonna do a whole show
3: about fun facts oh, facts that may only interest tom hammond i'm up for it oh I, <laughs> you know
1: you know who we're gonna get on for that show
3: ty brand.
1: yep see we're listen all you the know, other podcasts that, from here to then are gonna be shit but let, we're gonna have a really good one for you that we actually prepare for
3: at the end of the season so stay tuned hold on a second let's shoot the moon and ask if NBC Sports will give us Tom Hammond because what is he what does he do? Call Kentucky Derby and do nothing else, right? So like he can come on a podcast.
1: I feel that if we have Tom Hammond and Ty Hildenbrandt on the same podcast, Ty Hildenbrandt will probably lose his job with solid verb because he will <laughs> just go off on a vulgar rant unbeknownst <laughs> to mankind. Something that I couldn't even pull off. I mean, worth it? Oh, it'd definitely be worth it. <laughs> definitely be worth it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, so let's put that in the pipeline. Right, that's good. All right, so that's it. So NBC 330 Saturday. Notre Dame. 10 Notre Dame, number 18 Virginia. Got to get the ship right in and move it forward. I think uh, I think we're all set. So until then, go Irish. Huge.